What's going on everyone, and welcome back to this week's installment of The Lake Show. Now, I want to start off by apologizing to everyone who listens to me. Um, last week was not my best episode. Um, life really got to me last week. A bunch of outside things happening um, with family, school, and you know, just me fighting off my own personal demons and endeavors that have been holding me back a little bit. I've been doing much better, but... You know, sometimes life hits you again, and it's all about bouncing back. So, I wanted to start off by apologizing to all of you because I know I can do better, and I know I can't let the past or anything current going on to affect me and my work. Um, A couple things that I learned over the past week is you never know how strong you are until being strong is the only choice you have. And I feel like a lot of people can learn from that. When your back is against the wall, there's nowhere to go but forward. So, and I don't think a lot of people really know how strong they are until they struggle constantly and really struggle to fight off whatever's holding them back. And one thing I've really been doing lately is leaning on my friends and family who are there for me and who support me and who really make me strive to be the best possible version of myself and to not get so down on myself when I either slip back into my depressing manner or if I'm anxious or stressed about anything. I really lean on them a lot. And, you know, I couldn't be more grateful to have a great inner circle of friends and a kind and loving family. You know, they're the real ones and they really help me keep my head above water. Um, I'd actually also like to mention that um, if you guys don't know who menta- what mentality is, um, I follow their Instagram. They're a couple million followers. Um, they really, when they post quotes, it really hits you and they really stick with you. And I'm a member of their um, text club where daily they'll send text messages of different quotes to, you know, really get your day started. And There's two that I had to save in my camera roll because I look at them daily and they really, they really hit hard. One is fuck being average. Don't ever settle. Wake up, be great and push your limits. Don't fall victim to mediocrity. Now, I don't know about any of you, but just hearing, hearing myself say that it makes me want to go out and push my limits and really be great at whatever craft I want to pursue, whether that's podcasting or in the business world or anything in life. You can you can really relate this quote to anything you do on a daily basis. And another quote that really, really stuck with me is, destroy what destroys you. Every damn day is a battle, a battle between you and your ability to control your own thoughts. You versus your demons, you versus your bad habits you versus your negative addictions, it's you versus you. Wake up. A lot of what was just said is all 100% facts. 100% truth. It's you versus you on a daily basis. The only person that's holding you back from achieving what you want to achieve is you. So, if you're struggling at all, same like me, it's time to wake up. It's time to take control of your life again and make those strides to become great.
So with that being said, let's get into what we're really going to talk about today, and that's money. Now, if you're anything like me, um, money burns a hole in my damn pocket. As soon as I get a damn paycheck, and as soon as I get any amount of cash, I just constantly want to spend it. But I've come to realize that that is the biggest that you can possibly make nowadays, um, especially rising inflation and everything else going on with the economy, the stock market taking big hits on a daily. You know, it's money's probably the most important aspect that not a whole lot of people talk about or discuss on a daily basis. So let me ask you, like, I want you to think about how much you spend in a month. And it's my uncle who, you know, really asked me to start doing that. He told me to, you know, just take a couple minutes a day, go over your bank statements and, you know, find out where your money's going. And I think that's important for anyone to really keep track of. He just told me, write everything down, jot, jot down, take a couple notes, and just find out what you're spending your hard-earned cash on. And like most college students, I have multiple things to pay for and subscription services to pay for, which is complete and utter bullshit the more I think about it because a lot of that money, even though I feel like I need it, I feel like I need HBO Max or I feel like I need Disney Plus. Yeah, the truth is that's far from the that's far from what I need right now. And especially with spring break coming up, me and my friends have a trip planned to Fort Lauderdale, so that wasn't cheap. So today let's discuss a little bit about finances. So let's talk about a little bit of my subscriptions and my payments a little bit so i don't really pay for too much when it comes to like extracurricular stuff like spotify or disney plus but all that shit adds up real quick so let's say let's say disney plus eleven dollars a month and then you got spotify ten dollars a month and then you know me I love my sports, so ESPN Plus once a month. So now we're up to 31. And let's throw in $16 a month for HBO Max. So I'm at $47 a month. So in a whole year, that's $564. Alone, just on subscription services. Do I need them? No, not really. Do I want them? Hell yeah. That's why I still fucking pay for it. Now, when you break that down like that, it does seem like a lot in a year, which, you know, it it kind of is a lot a year. Um, I'm not going to deny that. But when you break it down to $47 a month, I mean, it's not terrible. I mean, as a college student, we always need something to do, something to watch. And I'll be honest with you guys, I get tired of playing my damn Xbox all the time when I got nothing going on, no homework. Or when I'm done at the gym, you know, I just don't feel like sitting around on my ass all day doing absolutely nothing. So that stuff keeps me entertained. But at the same time, 500 extra dollars a year, eh, 
I wouldn't mind having that if we're being honest. Now, something more useful that every college kid has is obviously their cell phone. So, depending on what you have, let's average, let's just say Verizon and you're paying 110 a month, maybe for a plan and you're financing a new phone, whatever. So, 110 a month times 12, $1,320. Now, this is more of a necessity, especially in the technological age we live in. And the fact that everyone is glued to their cell phones. I mean, it's not terrible when you break it down, but again, an extra $1,320 a year, eh, that'd be, that'd be kind of nice to have. Not gonna- so cell phone, it's necessary. And, you know, some plans are better than others, but in this technological age we're in, everyone needs their own cell phone. So now let's talk about a more bullshit thing that most college students pay for. Let me ask, who is an avid coffee drinker? I sure as hell classify myself as that. I swear, I go at least five to six days a week to go get coffee. So let's average that out. So $5 a week, $5 a day, every time you take a trip there, let's just say five days a week during the school week. So that's $25 a week. Now, 52 weeks in a year, that's $1,300. $1,300 alone, just on coffee. Now, I'm going to be one to say that coffee is an absolute necessity, somewhat. Um, it helps me get up and helps me function. And I'll be honest, I do get cranky when I do not have my cup of coffee. But if you're like me, you enjoy, let's see, either a muffin, a breakfast sandwich, or a bagel every time you go in and get a coffee. So that's around, we'll say $10. $10, five trips a week, that's 50 Now, 52 weeks in a year, $2,600 just by adding a simple snack with your coffee. That's how much a year you'd be spending on average. And I don't know about all of you, but that's kind of an absurd amount to be spending on coffee. And let's see, what else do us college kids like to do? Oh yeah, we like to go eat out a lot. Now, I know plenty of you out there love Chipotle. And I am one of them. Sometimes I go four times a week, which sounds horrible, but their food is just that good to me. So on average, let's say you go three times a week and you spend $15. Okay, so that's 45 a week. Not terrible. So 52 weeks in a year, $2,340. Now it sounds a little bit ridiculous, but... Sometimes, maybe we don't have the the luxury to always go out and shop. You know, our lives are busy. We have school. We have work. We have extracurriculars we do. So it's important to get food while we're out sometimes. But, you know, when you break it down, $2,340 extra a year, that'd be nice. Hell, I could use that to pay off the rest of my credit card. And I can finance a whole trip to Fort Lauderdale. So, you know, spending, it's an 
art and you have to be very careful how you proceed with it, especially in this day and age. And one thing I'm going to rant about a little bit, we're all college students, so, you know, you would think that we'd be able to park on campus for free. Wouldn't you agree? Well, no. $45 or $90 for an overnight pass, honestly, that is completely and utterly ridiculous in my opinion. We're paying all this money to go to class and go to school. And we have to worry about buying a parking pass for that kind of price? Give me a fucking break. But, hey, it is what it is. I got one more semester. I think I can handle another $45 parking pass. Right? Nope. Probably. Nope. So, I want to talk about something else. Now, a lot of people have told me before that their dream, one of their dreams is to own their own house one day. And I'm not disputing that. I would, I would love to own my own house one day. And I'm sure, you know, soon enough I'm going to. But what would, I, what would you say if there was a better alternative than owning? And obviously that'd be renting. So let's think about this for a second. Owning versus renting. Owning a house or renting a house or apartment. So let's start with owning. You got mortgage and rent. Let's say that's around $1,300. Okay, so that's a start. And this is based on monthly. This happens every month. So you're going to need insurance on the house. Let's say that's around $200. So now you're at $1,500. Well, you got to take property tax into account. So let's add another $480. Well, you got to pay for utilities too. Those aren't going to pay for themselves. So let's add another $300 for that. And everyone likes a nice cut lawn. Everybody likes a nice appearance in front of the house. Makes it look nice, clean. So let's add $120 a month for landscaping purposes and then you know it's good to have money for maintenance and repairs let's say two hundred dollars so in total a month for owning you're at two thousand six hundred dollars well there are better you know that's not terrible especially if you have a well-paying job and you can afford that well Let's take the let's take the road of renting. Let's say you're renting out a house or renting an apartment. So, let's say rent is about 1500 a month. Well, you'll need still need to pay insurance, but not as much as you would for owner's insurance. So, let's add about $50. Well, you won't need to pay property tax. So that's a plus. You will need to pay for utilities, but again, not as much as you would for owning a house. So let's say utilities are around 150 a month. Well, you won't need to pay for anything for landscaping. And you won't need to pay anything for maintenance and repairs because all that stuff is covered. 
So that total would be $1,700 a month. That's based off renting. You're saving almost $1,000 a month renting versus owning. Now, honestly, that sounds like a better deal for me. Honestly, for a lot of college kids, I would say that's the safest bet, especially, obviously, if you're in your later in your later years in college. Maybe you're a senior. Maybe you're just moving out into your own place. Maybe you got an internship that's paying you well, and they're going to hire you right off the bat so you'd be able to get a house. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If you're renting a house, there won't be any issues if you have to move all of a sudden in case your job needs to needs you to move or if you find a better opportunity for a new job. Whereas owning a house, that would probably be a, one of the biggest pains in the asses you can possibly think of. Someone's got to buy the house. You got to get all that paperwork done with the banks and stuff. So, again... I'm not disclaiming anyone or discrediting anyone who plans on owning a house or renting an apartment or a house. I'm just distinguishing the differences. So, another thing I came across on social media, again, could be could be worthwhile or could be just smoke and mirrors. But something that I found very interesting, big caption. A new car keeps you broke. So, let's talk about this that I found. Meet Jack. In 2016, Jack put $2,000 down on a brand new car and financed $26,600 for 72 months, having a $554.99 monthly payment. Now meet Jill. In 2015, Jill bought a used $2,000 car and invested monthly. Now take that today. Jack has paid off a car worth $10,500, where Jill, on the other hand, has an investment account worth $52,764.92. That is baffling. And it makes sense. It makes sense because... If you really want a nice new car, obviously you're going to have to be paying a lot monthly for it. Whereas, the other hand, Jill bought a $2,000 car. It was used, but took that $554.99 a month, which would be used as a payment, and put it in an investment plan. So, she still Jill got a car. Well, Jack got a nice new car. Sick new whip. Whereas Jill, on the other hand... She got an okay car, used, some miles on it, maybe needs maintenance and repairs every now and again, but at the same time, Jack is paying a shit ton of money monthly for a brand new car back that he got back in 2016, whereas Jill, on the other hand, investing all that money over that amount of time, gaining interest on the monthly investment, now over $52,000, and can really put a down payment on a house, put a down payment on another car, and, you know, she's set for a while. Again, it's just stuff to think about. The 50-30-20 budget, that's something that has been preached a million, a million and one times, but it makes sense to use. 50% goes to your needs, such as housing, utilities, insurance, groceries, healthcare, 
transportation or personal care. Okay, so those are all the important stuff. It's all the needs. So 30% should go to your wants. Amusement, shopping, dining out, subscriptions. So that's the stuff that you'll have to have fun. And then the remaining 20% should be in your savings. Retirement, investment, emergencies, or to pay off debt. Which, again, makes a lot of sense. Now, I don't tell everyone all this about money. I don't mean to start rambling on about it, but... You know, it's probably the most important thing that you can have nowadays is money. Someone told me before that, well, a lot of people have said before that money doesn't buy happiness. Well, I can agree to disagree with that, but at the same time, money makes it a hell of a lot easier to live, a lot less stressful. You know, I've I've been living paycheck to paycheck throughout college, and even though I have a roof over my head right now and food on the table. You know, I still think about all the stuff I'd rather be doing. I think of all the stuff I want to spend money on. You know, sometimes I do get jealous of, you know, kids my age making six, seven figures a year. And I'm not there yet. But soon enough, I hope to be. And a quote by Warren Buffett. Honestly, it's true. If you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you will work until you die. That cannot be understated enough. And it's the truth. As soon as you have that income coming in, even when you're sleeping, when you're not working, obviously you're just going to have a more successful and stable financial future. So that's why I'm a big advocate for taking risks, doing stuff out of pocket, really, you know, putting all your eggs, not really in one basket, but at the same time, you have to think about. What are you willing to risk? What are you willing to do to be financially free? Me personally, I'm still waiting on that moment on, you know, a light bulb to go off in my head where, yes, this is it. This can make you a lot of money and you'll be financially free the rest of your life. And it's not going to be easy at all. Again, people will doubt you, whatever it is you choose to do. For me, my podcast, I would love for it to blow up become the next Joe Rogan show, that'd be amazing for me. People would criticize that. But I don't. I didn't start this up to make money off of it. I started this up so I can help others. And at the end of the day, if I get people thinking about their lives and their decisions financially or whether if it's beneficial or not for their health, that's the biggest win for me. Because I feel like I want to inspire a generation of free thinkers those who don't listen to the cultural norms, those who think for themselves and explore the world and do all these great things without anyone criticizing them. Jeff Bezos said it best. If you can't tolerate critics, don't do anything new or interesting. And that is one thing that has stuck with me ever since I started this podcast. I don't care who criticizes me. I don't care who doubts me. No matter what, because failure is not an option, I'm going to make it. And I know a lot of you too, a lot of you out there, you're going to make it too. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in this week on this installment of The Lake Show. I'm your host, Dominic Laco. God bless.